It made me whole. In that moment, chains that had bound me all my life fell away. Chains of shame and secrets and lies and pain. Chains too heavy for anyone or anything to free me from on earth. Chains that simply dropped away in the presence of the truth. This was the key sensation that the truth of all truths had been revealed to me. I was endued with this penetrating, with this penetrating understanding that God had always loved me. Like he loves all his children. And so for the first time ever, I was filled with love for myself. How could I not love myself? I was God's perfect creation. What's more, God chose to show me myself at the age of three. This was not a random age. I was three years old when the abuse began. That was the turning point in my life, the point where my innocence was taken from me. Though I had many happy times as a child and many moments of love and goodness, the truth is that from the age of three on, I was trapped in a life of shame and secrets, of self-doubt and self-hatred, of believing that I didn't deserve God's love, of believing God had abandoned me. So God took me back to when I was three years old, and he freed me from that lie. All those dark and difficult years, every crisis and heartbreak that made me turn away from him, all of it, every bit of it, was washed clean by the awareness that God's love for me is boundless. Burdens I had been shouldering for decades were lifted. Here's the key. Seeing myself through God's eyes made me whole and set me free. Yet even as I was filled with God's love, I knew I was only experiencing only a tiny, minuscule grain of it. God's love is so big and so vast and so powerful, we could only contain a small part. That tiny grain of God's love filled me so completely that I couldn't imagine being anywhere else but with him. Then I heard something in a way I hadn't heard anywhere else in heaven. And then that's when her mom called her name and she, she made her trip back. In another interview, she described it. She said, if God's love was like looking at a sandy beach, the, what I experienced was one grain of sand. But she said it was enough that as it kept coming and radiating my body, I felt like I was going to explode into a million parts. Can you imagine being that loved? Can you imagine the awareness of that, that if we could just grasp that, the assurance and the confidence that we'd walk in, the idea that we couldn't be loved unless we performed right, would fall away. And there would be this sense of wholeness, or is a sense of wholeness, as you begin to meditate that, as you see yourself through God's eyes. And I believe that's what he has for us, that he wants us to see ourselves through his eyes. In the, the book of John, 1 John, says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son in the world, so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. See, the, the thing that we, you know, I, I think, get stuck with because of our human relationships is that we always have to be the initiators. But he's the initiator. The only reason we can love is because he first loved us. And he sent Jesus to demonstrate that for us. All who confess that Jesus is the son of God have God living in them and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we put our trust in his love. 
God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. That's amazing. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. You know, I think about uh, the number one reason why people wind up walking away from the faith or don't come to faith at all, the, the number one reason because they can't reconcile suffering in the earth with the idea of God's nature as being good and loving and perfect. That it's just because of the knowledge realm. People can't reconcile that. And it keeps them from acknowledging God or beginning a walk of faith with God, reaching out to God, giving Him a chance to prove His love. But it's interesting in this place and other places, it always takes us back to the fact that God always comes from an eternal mindset. That even in this about if you can walk in God and you can walk in his love and experience his love, it, there's a benefit here on earth, but it's all about preparing us for where we're headed. It's all about preparing us for that eternal picture. It's so that you and I, you know, these, these things of suffering, these things where God doesn't seem to show up, these, these things that we can't explain in our mind that happens with wars and children starving and and all of that, which we can't reconcile just in our brain, but we can understand that from God's standpoint, he can still be loving at the same time, watching that all take place. From an eternal perspective, knowing that it gets reconciled in eternity forever and ever, and those people who go through those circumstances that learn to trust him and prove their love in it, what happens to them is they're prepared for the day to meet Jesus. It's all about being able to embrace his love eternally and, and having something worked on the inside of us, some, something perfected on the inside of us that becomes a preparation for that day. I think about James said that, you know, embrace trials and count it all joy because trials work patience. And when patience have its perfect work, it leaves you perfect and entire wanting nothing. So when you're in trials, we hate the trials. But he said, if you look at it, these trials are perfecting something in you, and the net result is you won't be lacking anything. Amen? It's looking at it through that lens, trying to see things through God's eyes, trying to see yourself through God's eyes, and not from the mirror that you and I are so familiar with, that we can tell you about every imperfection, and we can tell you about our thought patterns and our, our, our learning disabilities, and we can tell you what our tendency is and we can tell you where our vulnerabilities are and we can tell you where our deep secrets are and the things that we we struggle with that become the the messaging system that shapes us God's saying hey I want to show your life and throw show you yourself through my eyes and I love you you're perfect in my eyes I think about the idea that we're called to love our neighbors but we first have to love ourselves that how many of us really do that how many of us really love ourselves how many of us can understand ourselves through what God is doing and what he sent us to do and what, how he wants to live through us and even in our, our vulnerabilities? That it, It's a great challenge. It says, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced his love. We love each other because he loved us first. Such, imperfect, such an important connection that where those fears and anxieties and insecurities are, there's a lot of different ways we look for the solution to that, but the scripture said the solution is in God's love. That if we can really understand his love, it'll even cast out fear. 
because he's not going to leave you or forsake you. He's not going to drop you. He's not going to make a promise and not keep it, even if the, the, uh, the solution and the answer to that prayer isn't the way that you or I wanted it to come out. His grace will be there to give us understanding and reassure us in his love. And if we can trust that and give our life to that and just believe that he has surrounded us in his love, surrounded us in his heart, that he really cares for us, and he's looking out for our eternal purpose, our eternal welfare, it can settle some issues and hopefully even that deep-rooted fear. Amen? Then one of the scribes came. I love this. This, to me, this was like an answer to something. This is like resolved a conflict in my spirit. Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Jesus, what is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered and said, the first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. How many have heard that before? If you've been here any length of time, you have. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it. It is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And there's no other commandment greater than these. So that was Jesus' response, which was perfect according to the law. So the scribe said to him, well said, teacher. You've spoken the truth. Can you imagine Jesus getting affirmed? Anyway, uh, spoken the truth. For there is one God, and there is no other but he. And to love him with all of your heart, with all of your understanding, with all of your soul, and all of the strength... And to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. That was the scribe's response to Jesus. And that was a pretty amazing response. That he understood that the priority of that commandment, those two together, exceeded all the sacrificial laws and all the rules, regulations of temple worship, everything. That if you could get that right, then you would be right with God. That was amazing that he was able to come up with that. Now, when Jesus saw that he'd answered wisely, he said to him, you're not far from the kingdom of God. It's interesting. He answered right. It was a perfect answer. But he said, you're not far from the kingdom of God. And you think about in that conversation, how would that leave the scribe? I'm not far from the kingdom of God. I just hit the bullseye. I was able to summarize the priority of all the law and the prophets in love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. In doing that, you thus fulfilled the law, which was what Jesus came to teach and to preach, and thinking that he had the right answer. And Jesus said, you're not far from the kingdom. But that's really super important, even for us today. Because the, the challenge of loving the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, they had that figured out, what that looked like. It looked like sacrifice. It looked like worship. It looked like keeping the Sabbath. It looked like the maintaining the, the Ten Commandments and beyond into the, the, all the other ones that, that branched off of that. That's what it looked like. But the difference from being close to the kingdom and entering the kingdom is really in this simple reality. You can do your best to try to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And you cannot know how to let him love you. And it's him, him loving us that causes us to enter the kingdom of heaven. Because it's then not about works, but it's about grace and faith working together in a believer's life. That you can embrace the love of God... And you can allow him to come in and do what he wants to do in your life, in your heart, through trusting 
And, and the, I, I, I don't even know how I would love God if I didn't feel his love for me first. I don't know how I would do it. I, I remember being raised a young Catholic boy and never having deep understanding, not having the born-again experience. And I, I knew about mortal sins and venial sins. I remember Sister Mary Magdalene on the chalkboard. These are venial sins and these are mortal sins. And now having, you know, studied with the Catholics and, and being connected with Rome and going through different theological things, I think she made most of that up. But, but she said, if you commit three venial sins, you've now committed a mortal sin. And that, that's never appeared anywhere, anytime, anything, in any discussion. They go, I don't know where that came from. I said, well, you shouldn't turn a teacher like that loose on third graders because it... You're, you're keeping, is this a venial sin or mortal sin? Oh, God, was that three or four venial sins? And I need to go to confession. And then I go to confession, little door slide open. Father, forgive me for I've sinned. It's been about a week since my last confession. These are my sins. Now, I'm not sure if this was venial or if this was mortal, but you can help me work through this. And you do that kind of a thing. That's, that's how I knew what faith was supposed to look like, what God was supposed to look like, what pleasing God was supposed to be about. And understanding that it's, he initiated his love for me, and he, his starting point was how he made me, and then how I developed from that, and all the stuff, good and bad, that came with that, that he accepts that, and that he loves that, and he says, just trust me in it. But the hardest thing for people to, to be on the other side, to say, you're close to the kingdom but not in, accepting the love of God requires you to let go of pride. It's the hardest thing for people. It's the hardest thing in relationships sometimes as you, you, you get into a place of questions or counsel and, and you know you hit those places where the wall, you meet the wall. It's like I'm not going to let anybody pass that. I've, I've developed my protection. I've been wounded enough where I've got to build these walls to protect my heart because it's been beat up. It's been chewed up. And so I'm going to let you this far but not this far. And we think we do it with each other, but we do it with God. We don't let him in. We don't let him to really love us. We don't let him wrap his arms around us. We don't let him just affirm us in places that he wants to affirm us. And so we go on in that broken place. But I just want you to know that you are loved. And he wants to reach us in deep places. He wants us whole. He wants us healed. So I'm just sensing the Holy Spirit right now, and I want to give place to him and yield to him. So Holy Spirit, we just ask you to come right now and help us let God love us. And you do exceedingly abundantly. I just, if I could just pick up one grain of sand off that beach, <laughs> and if it could cause me to want to explode in understanding how much you love me. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Holy Spirit. Somebody could come. Thank you, Brianna. Do the keys, Bri. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, it, it's when you, you wait on the Lord and he begins to show pictures. It's just say. uh, a picture of like just a meandering light stream would be like a river. But our, we're, we're so pressed and our fear response is 
is great. When somebody starts touching on places of the heart, places of the conscience, places of darkness, we, we get in that defensive posture. But I just want you to know that the Lord's river is gentle and it's not accusing and it's not exposing. It's just gentle. And there's no surprises to God. I could tell you after pastoring since 1981, there's really no surprises for me anymore either. Uh, and I, I just thank you, Father, for what you're doing right now. Thank you for your river flowing, your river touching, your river unlocking. I declare a renewed innocence over the people of God. I declare renewed innocence over my own mind and my own heart, my own spirit. Things that have accumulated that have clogged me up. I ask you today to wash away. Thank you, God, for even layers of words. Layers of words, layers of opinions. And all the times my responses have been defensive because I've had to protect my heart. I had to guard my mind. I developed a, a whole language to guard and to protect, to ward off. I thank you in your presence. It's not necessary, and I just welcome you. Come past the defenses. Come past my reasoning. I welcome you to invade my mind. I welcome you to invade my heart and invade my spirit. I need to behold Jesus. This next place you're taking us to. The next phase that you have for us as a body of people. We need to be whole. The challenge to reach the world. Where you said because of lawlessness that the, the love of many would grow cold. Oh, it's going to take a, a great body, a great army of people who love you and are loved by you. To change the tide of culture. To change the direction of hearts. To remove skepticism. We've got to be reflecting something, Jesus. And we want that to be the love of God. Will you do something big in us, God? I pray today. I pray today. I pray today. Where it says in James, confess your faults one to another that you might be healed. The word faults, the word is actually fishers. It means cracks, it means weaknesses, it means places of entry. And in brokenness, in sin and, and violation, all that, there's fissures that open up that, that allow us to become vulnerable. Some of that vulnerability, we, we hear criticism differently. It becomes where somebody could say something that didn't even intended to be critical, but because of What's happened to us, we hear it as criticism, we hear it as challenge, we hear it as sometimes persecution. And it, it, the end of that, it winds up, we wind up being a victim mindset, a victim consciousness. And the reason I said that, I, I actually saw the Lord just touching those fissures, those, those places of opening where the, you can't even receive words of affirmation and love because of the defensiveness, that it always sounds critical. And I, I'm speaking into marriages right now. I thank you, God, for healing hearts between husbands and wives, blessing their communication.
pray a new graciousness would come over us that we would communicate graciously. But I also pray for the hearer's ears. The hearer's ears. That you would heal ears and they could receive affirmation. They could receive love. They could see their spouse through your eyes and understand that it's not an attack. But it's actually just communication from a, a, a place that also needs healing. In Jesus' name, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. You can do it. He's for you. He's for you. And I, I believe, I don't want to shift the subject, but I just believe that there's foundations that are being laid in our life because of suddenlies that God's going to bring. And a, a whole people, a strong people, a sound people is going to be necessary. Then you're going to be walking in good news. Amen? You're walking in wholeness. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Today we are loved. Today we are loved. Today we are affirmed. Today we're healed. Today we're your sons and your daughters. Today we express new trust in you. We're ready to go forward. We're ready to come out of our hiding. Embrace people. Embrace your purpose. Embrace your calling. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.